Merry Christmas, everyone. From my family to yours and on behalf of Cross of Life, we wish you a beautiful day of celebrating the birth of our Savior and, of course, all the other great things that often happen on Christmas Day. I wanted to share with you a short devotion from God's Word that you maybe can watch yourself or possibly watch as a family this Christmas Day to focus your hearts on the reason that we have Christmas at all. Be great for you to find some time in this crazy day of opening presents maybe or visiting family or doing some other things that are your traditions to hear what God has to say. You know, as a, a born and raised Canadian, I have a soft spot in my heart for winter. I have so many good memories growing up of playing hockey outdoors at the community center. I love going snowboarding. I now love taking my girls tobogganing down the hill by our house. I do have a soft spot in my heart for winter. But I have something to confess to you. I kind of like summer. <laughs> I mean, as great as winter can be, how many of us would choose negative two and a biting wind over 22 with a nice breeze? How many of us would choose the sun going down at 4.30 in the afternoon rather than the sun going down at 9 or even 9.15 at night? As Canadians, we might be good at winter, but I don't know there are many Canadians who think they want it to be winter all the time. That's because winter is a challenge. I mean, the darkness not only makes it hard to accomplish things, but for some, it brings on seasonal affective disorders. And the cold is hard to manage. I know this, I got two little girls, two and one years old. It's hard to bundle them up in their snow pants and mittens and hats and coats and to keep all those things on in the cold weather, much less keep myself warm in the cold weather. And fewer things happen. And you can go out to festivals or sit outside at patios, go hang out with your friends at the beach or at a park during the, during the summer, but not during the winter. Those things stop. Now, what does any of this have to do with God's word? Well, there is a, a darkness, a winter, if you will, that the Bible talks about. Not one that is connected to the rotation of the earth on its axis, but to the access that God's people have to God's word. There's this great verse from Isaiah chapter 9 that usually gets read around Christmas. Now, let me read it for you. It's chapter 9, verse 6. It says, To us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It's a beautiful verse, and I'm sure for many of us it evokes the emotions, the sentimentality of the moment, thinking of that, that child in the manger born to Mary and Joseph who would become the savior of the world. But the thing you have to remember about that verse is its context. If you were to back up into chapter 8, right before those beautiful words that get fulfilled at Christmas, you would hear the uh, prophet Isaiah speaking these words from God. He says, Do not call conspiracy everything that these people call conspiracy. 
Do not fear what they fear, and do not dread it. The Lord Almighty is the one you are to regard as holy. He is the one you are to fear. He is the one you are to dread, and he will be a sanctuary. When men tell you to consult mediums and spiritists who whisper and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? To the law and the testimony. If they do not speak according to this word, they do not have the light of dawn. See, the historical context of those words from Isaiah 9 was that God's people were no longer listening to God's word. They were listening to the words of the world around them. They were fearing the things the world told them to fear. They were dreading the things the world told them to dread. They were believing the conspiracies or the stories that the world was telling them. They did not fear God. They did not dread God above all things. They did not regard God as holy. They would look to any manner of preacher, any person who could get them in touch with how they were supposed to live, what they were supposed to do, what they were supposed to believe, besides God's word. And so God, through Isaiah, says, to the law and the testimony. The law and the testimony is a shorthand way of talking about the scriptures, the law, and the preaching, the testimony. Essentially, he says to his people, look... The reason that you are in darkness, that you have no light of dawn in you, that your life is stagnant, it's, it's frozen in time, is that you don't listen to the word. You don't listen to what God has to say. You listen to what the people who have the loudest voices tell you to believe. You fear all these things that the world tells you to fear, but you don't fear God enough to listen to his word. And is that not in a weird 2,700 year later way, kind of like us? Like how many of us believe what the world is telling us to believe right now? How many of us fear the things that the world tells us to fear, believe the stories of the conspiracies that the world is telling us to believe? Rather than fearing God, dreading him above all those things, and regarding him as holy. And yet it's the very next chapter where God says through Isaiah, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are distressed. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. To the nature of, of God is completely different than the nature of any human being. I know when my daughters don't listen to my word, I very quickly get frustrated. I very quickly get even vengeful but not our God. 
But his people would not listen to his word. Instead of getting revenge on them, he chose to be gracious to them. Into their darkness, he shone a bright light. A light dawned on those who were in distress. That light was the birth of a child who would be a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, a prince of peace, who would establish a kingdom that was contrary to the way the world worked. A kingdom of peace and justice and righteousness, not dependent on people's behavior, but on his zeal. That's what Christmas is about. Christmas isn't about the sentimental feelings of seeing a little baby in a manger. It's about the fact that God's people choose to be in darkness. I choose to be in darkness. We all choose to ignore God's word and his preaching. And yet God still saves. God still shines light into our darkness. And he does that through his son. So for you brother and sister in Christ, it's time to repent. To repent as a congregation, as a society, as individuals, that we don't love God's word the way we should. That we listen to so much preaching that is not God's word before we are able to even crack a Bible open. But then to know that in the same way God was gracious to his people 2,700 years ago, giving them a promise that into their darkness he would shine a light, he still shines light today. Though the world around us is dark, not just physically, but metaphorically, God continues to shine his gospel light into your life. Despite your sin, you are made righteous in the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the wonderful Counselor, the Prince of Peace. You have been brought into his kingdom and you will live there forever. Not because you earned it, not because you did anything to deserve it, but because the zeal of the Lord Almighty accomplished it. And so today, maybe take a little bit more time after you finish this video to crack open that Bible. And as a family, maybe read Luke 1 and 2 or Matthew 1 and 2 or pray together Psalm 98. Go to the book of Galatians chapter 2 and read what Paul has to say about the incarnation of Jesus, or go to what he writes to Titus in Titus chapter 2 and 3. Any of those places would be a great place to open up the Bible and hear God speak on this most important of Christian festival days. Brothers and sisters, Merry Christmas. To us a child is born, to us a son is given. He is our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting father, our prince of peace. And the zeal of the Lord God accomplished that, accomplished your faith, and will fully accomplish your salvation someday. God be praised for that. Merry Christmas.